Whoso reciteth this prayer with lowliness and fervor will bring gladness and joy to the heart of this servant. It will be even as meeting him face to face. He is the all-glorious. O oh God, my God, lowly and tearful, I raise my suppliant hands to thee and cover my face in the dust of that threshold of thine, exalted above the knowledge of the learned and the praise of all that glorify thee. Graciously look upon thy servant, humble and lowly at thy door, with the glances of the eye of thy mercy, and immerse him in the ocean of thine eternal grace. Lord, he is a poor and lowly servant of thine, enthralled and imploring thee, captive in thy hand, praying fervently to thee, trusting in thee, in tears before thy face calling to thee and beseeching thee, saying, O Lord my God, give me thy grace to serve thy loved ones. Strengthen me in my servitude to thee. Illumine my brow with the light of adoration in thy court of holiness and of prayer to thy kingdom of grandeur. Help me to be selfless at the heavenly entrance of thy gate, and aid me to be detached from all things within thy holy precincts. Lord, give me to drink from the chalice of selflessness. With its robe, clothe me, and in its ocean, immerse me. Make me as dust in the pathway of thy loved ones, and grant that I may offer up my soul for the earth ennobled by the footsteps of thy chosen ones in thy path, O Lord of glory in the highest. With this prayer doth thy servant call thee at dawn tide and in the night season. Fulfill his heart's desire. O Lord, illumine his heart, gladden his bosom, kindle his light, that he may serve thy cause and thy servants. Thou art the bestower, the pitiful, the most bountiful, the gracious, the merciful, the compassionate, Abdu'l-Baha. This writing is for the Feast of Power. At these meetings, the feasts, there should be no extraneous conversations, whatever. Rather, the assemblage should confine itself to reading and reciting the holy words and to the discussion of matters relating to the cause of God, expounding, for example, conclusive proofs and arguments in the writings of the best beloved of mankind. Those who present themselves at these meetings must first array themselves in spotless clothing, turn their faces towards the kingdom of Abha, and then with lowliness and submissiveness enter in. During the readings, they must maintain complete silence. Should anyone wish to speak, he should say his say in all humility, with exactitude and eloquence. Salutations be unto you and praise. Abdu'l-Baha. 
Secrets are many and strangers are myriad. Volumes will not suffice to hold the mystery of the beloved, nor can it be exhausted in these pages, though it be no more than a word, no more than a sign. Knowledge is one point which the foolish have multiplied. Infer then from this the differences among the worlds. Though the worlds of God be infinite, yet some refer to them as four, the world of time, which hath both a beginning and an end, the world of duration, which hath a beginning, but whose end is not apparent, the world of primordial reality, whose beginning is not seen, but which is known to have an end, and the world of eternity, of which neither the beginning nor the end is visible. Although there are many differing statements as to these points, to recount them in detail would result in weariness. Thus, some have said that the world of perpetuity hath neither beginning nor end, and have equated the world of eternity with the invisible, inaccessible, and unknowable essence. Others have called these the worlds of the heavenly court, of the celestial dominion, of the divine kingdom, and of mortal existence. Moreover, the journeys in the pathway of love have been reckoned as four, from the creatures to the true one, from the true one to the creatures, from the creatures to the creatures, and from the true one to the true one. There is many an utterance of the sages and mystics of former times, which I have not mentioned here, since I mislike copious citation from the sayings of the past. For quotation from the words of others betokeneth acquired learning and not divine bestowal. Even so much as I have quoted here is out of deference to the want of men and after the manner of the learned. Further, such matters are beyond the scope of this epistle. My unwillingness to recount their sayings is not from pride. Rather, it is the manifestation of wisdom and the revelation of bounty. If Kidir did wreck the vessel on the sea, a thousand rights are wrong. A thousand rights are in this wrong concealed. From the call of the divine beloved, the seven valleys by Baha'u'llah. Lauded be thy name, O Lord, my God. Darkness hath fallen upon every land and the forces of mischief have encompassed all the nations. Through them, however, I perceive the splendors of thy wisdom and discern the brightness of the light of thy providence. They that are shut out as by a veil from thee have imagined that they have the power to put out thy light and to quench thy fire and to still the winds of thy grace. Nay, to this thy might beareth me witness. Hath not every tribulation been made the bearer of thy wisdom and every ordeal the vehicle of thy providence? No one would have dared oppose us, though the powers of the earth and heaven were leagued against us. Were I to unravel the wondrous mysteries of thy wisdom, which are laid before me, the reins of thine enemies would be cleft asunder. Glorified be thou then, O my God, I beseech thee by thy most great name to assemble them that love thee around the law 
the law that streameth from the good pleasure of thy will, and to send down upon them what will assure their hearts. Potent art thou to do what thou pleasest. Thou art verily the help in peril, the self-subsisting. From Prayers and Meditations of Baha'u'llah, number six. Praise be to thee, O Lord my God. I swear by thy might, successive afflictions have withheld the pen of the Most High from laying bare that which is hidden from the eyes of thy creatures. And incessant trials have hindered the tongue of the divine ordainer from proclaiming the wonders of thy glorification and praise. With a stammering tongue, therefore, I call upon thee, O my God, and with this my afflicted pen, I occupy myself in remembrance of thy name. Is there any man of insight, O my God, that can behold thee with thine own eye? And where is the thirsty one who can direct his face towards the living waters of thy love? I am the one, O my God, who hath blotted out from his heart the remembrance of all except thee, and hath graven upon it the mysteries of thy love. Thine own might beareth me witness, but for tribulations, how could the assured be distinguished from the doubters among thy servants? They who have been inebriated with the wine of thy knowledge, those verily hasten to meet every manner of adversity in their longing to pass into thy presence. I implore thee, O beloved of my heart and the object of my soul's adoration, to shield them that love me from the faintest trace of evil and corrupt desires. Supply them then with the good of this world and of the next. Thou art verily he whose grace hath guided them aright. He who hath declared himself to be the all-merciful. No God is there but thee, the all-glorious, the supreme helper. Baha'u'llah. O thou who faces in the object of my adoration, whose beauty is my sanctuary, whose habitation is my goal, whose praise is my hope, whose providence is my companion, whose love is the cause of my being, whose mention is my, sol is my solace, whose nearness is my desire, whose presence is my dearest wish and highest aspiration. I entreat thee not to withhold from me the things thou didst ordain for the chosen ones among thy servants. Supply me then with the good of this world in the midst. Thou truly art the king of all men. There is no God but thee, the ever-forgiving, the most generous. <laughs>